Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Ooh, what a game last night. What a game, what a game, Key. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers, Key. What up, man? How's the morning coming along? It's good. The morning is just wonderful out here in Southern California. The skies are crystal clear. Its visibility is uh, 60 miles out. Uh, temperatures are a slight <laughs> breeze of about 65 at a high and a low of 48. So I'm I'm feeling really good. Are you dressing up as Santa Claus this year? Um, well, since you, you have know, two would, kids now, yeah, I wouldn't mind being a black Santa Claus in the neighborhood. Jeez, what? I mean, it hasn't really been done a lot around where I live, so I might have to just do I, it. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about dressing up as a black Santa Claus walking around well, your neighborhood. What else with a am I going to dress up as? I mean, I can't really change it. But you know? walking around the neighborhood with a bag over your shoulder, you may look very suspicious. So, especially in your neighborhood. Like, hey, guys, I'm here to give gifts, just to give gifts, okay? Yeah, I'm here yeah. to give the gifts that I took from the next-door neighbors to you. I can't with you, Kay. So, Kay, real quick, just give me your overall impressions on the game last night. What did you see? Uh, obviously, a lot of chatter this morning about Brandon Staley and the way he manages the game not going for the field goal attempts, going for it on fourth down the ton. What was your takeaway? I, just that. I, I didn't understand, and he's done this a couple times this year that has cost his team games, in my opinion, where he's going for it on fourth down when there's no reason to instead of taking points. And for whatever reason, this this new wave of, of thinking, or they call it analytics now opposed to scouting. We call it scouting when we played, and – game planning and they call it analytics and so the analytics is telling him that he needs to go for it the probability of making it and all this no the probability of kicking a damn field goal and taking the points how about that Mm -hmm. because if you do that you now change the mind of the opponent's sideline what the coaches are thinking what they wanted to do they can't do now because they're behind I just think that there is mistakes that are being made by a young head coach that can come back and bite them in the future. He's done it a few times this year. But, Key, like, you know, when I watch legendary veteran coaches, and I'm talking about Bill Belichick, like, he's, he's taking what the defense gives him, right? He's like, all right, like, we'll take our medicine here. That's fine. We'll, it, it almost makes me believe, like, hey, you don't believe in your defense to stop. And Harry Douglas was on our show earlier, and he said, you know, what are the two weapon pieces – for Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Like, why is there not double, double coverage on those guys? Like, those are the guys that beat you for so many times, yards after the catch. That's what Kansas City does. Like, make them make the big plays. It just feels like they baffled this scouting report from the beginning of the game. Well, they certainly didn't do a good job from a defensive standpoint of being able to neutralize Kelsey or, to a degree, Tyreek Hill. Um, in certain situations, you can double them. You know, certain downs and distance in, in parts of the field where you feel like they're going to have an opportunity to get the football. You may want to put a certain bracket on them, a certain defender on them. But it didn't feel like Brandon Staley and the defensive staff saw it that way. Um, and, they, and they came out having, you know, a, a pretty good game plan, I'm sure, as far as they were concerned. But on the back end of it, they wind up losing the game because the game plan wasn't quite good enough. So we're asking on a Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and call one eight call eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six eight 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 say ESPN Chiefs or the field to come out of the AFC. Sixty four point five percent of you have said the field. 
wow, really, Key? The, the field? I mean, do no, people not, believe in the Pats and the Titans like that much? No, I don't believe in the, I don't believe in the Titans that much, and I do not believe in uh, the Pats, Baltimore, Baltimore, yeah, um, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I'm just trying to think of the teams that could Denver teams that could possibly be in the playoffs. The Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the AFC right now. I think what happens is people are still looking for 65 points, 42 points, 54 points. Uh, they're looking for 35 to three. They're looking for big chunk blowout games, and that's not where Kansas City as a team is right now. Kansas City is a team that are winning football games in the style in which they play. If you go back and you look at Kansas City's record over the last or, or, or scoring differential over the last three years against their opponents, they've been pretty much the same. They've been pretty much the same. Mm. But they've had a few games in there with high points in the in the opponents with low points, so people automatically assume that Kansas City is just blowing everybody out because they see long touchdowns, they see a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns being thrown, and they think people just Kansas City is just blowing people out, and that was not the case. So they got used to something where now they're not satisfied at just watching this team win games, and so it's like, oh, they're not that good. It's like, no, they're really good. Yeah, so we hold it against them that they're not spectacular every game, that – you know, Patrick Mahomes goes through a little bit of a struggle. And what, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? And he's, he's not Houdini. But last night, I saw a team whose defense rose to the occasion, Key. They got so many fourth down stops, you know, while Brandon Staley and the Chargers were going for it without Chris Jones. They're all pro tackle, right? Like, that speaks volumes about this team. And it makes me wonder if the Pats and the Chiefs were to meet in an AFC championship game. Like, obviously, Mac Jones can do things to a degree. He's sharp. He's efficient. You know, he doesn't hurt you. But it's Bill Belichick versus the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And that defense that the Pats have, I mean, they are playing on point. You still think you give the slight edge to the Chiefs, though, as of right now? I do give a slight edge to the Chiefs as of right now because I think the Chiefs can score at volume. And when you can score at volume and your quarterback can put the pressure on the opposing team's quarterback to match him throw for throw, point for point, I haven't seen Mac Jones do that yet. And until I see him do that, whenever he goes up against a quarterback like this, I'm going to pick that quarterback. If you think about it, although New England did beat uh, New England did lose to Tom Brady, and Tom Brady got out of there with a W, yeah. it's hard for Mac Jones to duplicate that. It's hard for Mac Jones to duplicate Dak Prescott. It's just hard for that. When you talk about trying to duplicate, and we'll see this week when they play the Indianapolis Colts, because I think Indianapolis will throw the ball a little more than what people think. And we'll see if that if if New England tries to counter that based on if they fall behind or not. And I think they will fall behind against Kansas City, and you, know, you would have to unleash Mac Jones. And if he hadn't done it before, it's going to be tough to do. Yeah, and no doubt New England has a really tough game on the road this weekend against the Colts. We'll get a chance to see what they're made up with there. But let's go to the Dr. Pepper call in line right now. Derek in Ohio, what do you got for us? Derek, you there? Um, ultimately, I've watched every single Chiefs game. I'm a diehard, misplaced Chiefs fan, and that is the one one consistent thing I've seen all year is the fact that teams go for it on fourth down, whether it's fourth and two or fourth and eight, whether they're on their 30-yard line going into the end zone or on their opposing 30-yard line. I just don't understand 
you know, the analytics, everybody says you got to score points on them. But people are almost being so afraid of the Chiefs that they are doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And, you know, the missing Chris Jones and uh, Snead yesterday, I think, was huge. And I think if the Chiefs would have had a full, healthy team, that game may have been a lot, uh, a lot more one-sided outcome. But uh, ultimately, go Chiefs. And I don't understand why people aren't playing normal football. Derek, Thanks. that's such a great point. It's almost as if you know teams are so afraid of the amount of points that the Chiefs can put up so quickly that they end up doing things uncharacteristic of themselves. And I know Brandon Staley has gone for it a lot of times on fourth down throughout this year, but it, it makes you play a different way than typically how you would play in a normal game, which is to the Chiefs' advantage, right? Well, that's why you – but see, the thing is, if you put points on the board and the Chiefs are falling behind, they're going to start to do things – that they normally wouldn't do. And I don't think people even realize three points is a lot of points in the National Football League, man. It changes it changes a coach's thought process when he looks up and he's down three. He's like, well, I was going to do this, but now I'm going to do that because we're down. And if you apply that pressure by getting points on the opposing team and coach, then your probability analytics, as they like to say, goes up at winning the damn game. Hmm. That's Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, we are next up to have a former Ohio State quarterback, our guy, 12-gauge, Cardell Jones. Cardell, how you doing, man? Fine to you. Thanks for having me, guys. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I want to know what the hell is your coach down in Jacksonville doing? He got his butt fired. What did you think about that? <laughs> you know what, man? I think for the last uh, about month and a half, I think we all saw the writing on the wall with some of the reports that was coming out down there in uh, Jacksonville. And, you know, I had an opportunity to join you guys earlier this season when he first got the job. And, and I said, hey, if he can transition his style of coaching and his style of relating to players, I think he has success. And I think that's something that he probably struggled with and uh, clearly didn't do. What would you say, Cardell, was Urban's biggest mistake? Obviously, there were a lot, but what, what do you think the one that really, really pushed it over the edge? Um, just from the outside looking in, um, I think when um, reports come out that you know you, you put your hands or your feet on players, or reports come out that you're uh, you're pointing the finger at your assistant coaches. I mean, this is it's not college. You know, he put so much pressure on his assistant coaches in college to be great coaches, in which they were. Um, I think the NFL is more focused on not just the play callers, but the head coach as well. Did Now, you had him, obviously, at Ohio State, and he coached at Ohio State. Did you see any of the behavior that allegedly went down in Jacksonville with coaches and players? Did you see anything like that at Ohio State? Well, I mean, from the outside looking in, I'm not the type of guy to kick a guy when he's down. But, you know, some of the things, some of the reports came out in Jacksonville, I can, uh, I can uh, r- relate to because I think in major college football, you coach off fear. You coach off the, the fear of a recruit past you. And some of the things that, you know, he may say to a player, a student athlete, you know, he was saying to a professional player, a grown man, it just don't fly. Cardell, I'm so, I'm so sorry for cutting you off. What, can, can I ask you, what what are examples of that? Um, 
just, I guess, the reports with Josh Lambeau uh, kind of make your kicks, you know, calling him a, a dipshit or whatever the case may be. Um, things like that try to uh, intimidate players. Like I said, in major college football, you coach off fear of recruiting the next player. And this is the NFL, you know. And like I said before, if he didn't, you know, hopefully he'd have success with changing his coaching style and his approach um, because you're dealing with grown men at the end of the day. So, Cardell, we had Paul Feinbaum, uh, the great Paul Feinbaum on my show yesterday, and he said that the tenure in Jacksonville for Urban Meyer was such a a disaster that he would be basically untouchable as a head coach moving forward for any program, pros or college, hell, maybe even high school. What do you think about that, Paul's comments? Um, You know what? In this new day and age of the, uh, with society and the way coaching – has changed definitely on the uh, college level when it comes to recruiting this NIL stuff, the transfer portal. I don't think he has the desire to want to coach college football anymore. Um, I wouldn't say no one will touch him, but I think, you know, from the reports and his brief stint in Jacksonville, I think it would be extremely hard for him to get another job in the NFL. Um, but, you know, good luck to Coach Meyer and, and the next steps in his life, if that's coaching or, or whatever else he wants to do. Gardell Jones, former Ohio State quarterback, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Now that the Jags have a vacancy from the head coaching position, who do you think is best suited to develop Trevor Lawrence into the star that everybody thinks he's going to be? Oh, man, that's, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if there's any uh, young and up-and-coming NFL coaches out there right now that's going to be up for you know a major opportunity as a head coaching guy. But uh, I would love to see, and I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, I would love to see uh, kind of Ryan Day take over you know, on the NFL level when it comes to either that Jacksonville job or the Bears with some type of form of, you know, having an impact on them young quarterbacks with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Wow, that's Cardell Jones, former Ohio State quarterback, joining us here. Cardell, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, but Key, him talking about, you know, who could be the best to develop Trevor Lawrence, I, I want you to hear what Trevor Lawrence said the other day about moving on from Urban Meyer. To be honest, it's been hard the last the last week with everything going on, and you know, just there's a lot of things being stirred up. I think by the outside too, that didn't help. Um, made made things a lot worse. But also, just everything that's going on, it's hard to be focused and have all your attention and efforts going towards winning the game when there's so many things going on. So, um, I think you know, I'm 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 happy for the team that we have clarity, a sense of direction, and we can just go be our best moving forward for the next four weeks and then we'll you know we'll we'll go from there and see what what the next step is key let me ask you this as a star player <laughs> being drafted with the first pick in the draft and having the season that you your team did your first year you know, granted maybe the drama wasn't to the level that it was with oh. urban oh okay okay <laughs> maybe it was excuse me how the hell did you navigate that man well for me i was young and so i was just glad to be in the nfl but I knew I was in a bad situation, and I knew the situation was going to get better. It just was when was it going to get better. Um, I knew that coming from USC, an established program, having won a lot of games and was with John Robinson, former NFL head coach who took teams to uh, deep runs into the playoffs, NFC championship games, but also won national championships in his first tenure at USC, and I get him the second time around. I knew what the pros felt like. And when I got to the Jets and I had Richie Kotite and his staff, 
I just knew at that point, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm back in damn junior college or something. It just didn't even feel right. So your mind just got to stay right for you. And that's what I did is I just stayed right for me to be as professional as I could be until such due time that changes was made. Now, with the grace of God, luckily he he served us with Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. And then the rest was history. So you mentioned Bill Parcells, right? Like you got one of the greatest coaches of all time in in your second year after your disastrous rookie year. Who's that guy for Trevor Lawrence? Because like Bill Parcells isn't walking through that door. Who's that guy that could be available right now who could just balance everything out and just get the Jaguars franchise back on track after like this was a debacle? You know, in this situation, you want to probably go with a first, I mean, not a first-time head coach, so to speak, but but an established head coach that's won many games, that understands how to put a game plan together, understands how to build a staff, put put everything that needs to be around the success of a quarterback, but also the other 52 players that will be in that locker room. And when you think about coaches, I don't know that Mike Zimmer will be available, but I'm assuming if things don't go the way it's supposed to go in Minnesota that that's a guy that I would take a strong look at. Okay, uh, Coach Caldwell. I would look at Coach Caldwell. He took a team to the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, but he also was winning games in Detroit and abruptly was fired. Um, if he's able to coach again or he wants to coach again, I certainly would reach out to him. And then there's then there's guys like Marvin Lewis who's sitting on the sidelines who understands how to build a program. Although he didn't make strong runs in Cincinnati, he still was an established head coach that knows how to do things. And then when you talk about some of the other names that are out there, the offensive coordinators, for instance, a Byron Leftwich, if you could get a Byron Leftwich to do similar things to what Sean McVay was able to do with the Rams, Sean McVay was a first-time head coach. In fact, he wasn't really even a true play caller with the Washington football team, but he hired the right assistant coaches. He went out and got – guys that can help Ryan Yarbrough, receiver coach, Joe Barry, linebacker coach, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator, former head coach. So he can lean on those type of guys, Bone Fossil, uh, retain Bone Fossil, special teams coach. When you lean on those type of guys as you start to develop as a head coach, then you become better. And I think that is something that you look to when you have an Eric Bieniemy or a uh, Byron Leftwich, so to speak, Ty Bowles. But who is Ty Bowles bringing with him on his staff? I think he's a hell yeah. of a coach, but it's all about his staff. Agreed. When you he, hire the wrong staff, you're going to get fired. Josh McDaniels there in that conversation too, potentially. I, I did want to throw on a, a little wrinkle here, though, because, look, and nobody liked the way that he managed the whole Jalen Hurts-Carson Wentz situation. But how about Doug Peterson? You talk about a coach who has you know championship experience, a guy who's been around. Obviously, he didn't work out with, with – you know, Howie Roseman and company in Philly, but I mean, he's still in the market. Yeah, I didn't think about him, but he's a guy who you certainly want to probably take a look at who will probably be in the mix, but does he want that job? I mean, this Jacksonville job is not – I mean, it's, it's only 32 of them, right? It's, it's, so jobs, these jobs are highly coveted when they become open. They're, I'm sure Shah Khan's phone is ringing off the hook with potential, you know, suitors that want a, that job. Um Doug would be somebody you take a look at. There's no question about it. I don't know if he's the right guy, but he's somebody you would take a look at. Okay. Let's go to Dallas in Oklahoma. 
Dallas, what do you got? Dallas in Oklahoma. Dallas in Oklahoma. Dallas, we're having a hard time hearing you. You there? Sounds like you're eating your phone. Can yeah, you I hear think, me? No, I got you. We got I'm you now. Say, man, you in Oklahoma? Okay, yeah. How y'all doing, man? Good What's morning up, man? to y'all. Uh, yeah, I was just talking about the college coaches, man. Now, look, I know a lot of them ain't successful, but you got things like Arizona, Clingsbury, what, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson coming from OSU to the Cowboys. There's that. Look, it takes a, it takes an honest, real leader. You got to be a real leader to to come from to come from anywhere. You know, you got some NFL coaches right now. Uh, you know, going fourth down three times, costing the game. Man, you take your point. You know, it's just common sense, really. And uh, you know, you just it's it, coming from college. I, I'm pretty sure you got to relearn. Uh, the culture, the way things is ran in the post, you know, there's a lot to it. But you just got, you just got to get it done, man. It ain't a, you know, that was very hard, but and nothing to it. But you got to go do it. Well, Facts. ain't nothing to it. It's a lot to it. <laughs> All right. Facts, man. All right, <laughs> Dallas and Oklahoma. I like, I like that. Dallas in, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> it sounds like a show that should be on Netflix. Much more <laughs> on Urban Meyer coming up. One former Jaguar has a name he'd like to hear considered. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 8. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The drama around Urban Meyer just continues to spin and spin and spin, doesn't it, Key? One day after another, we were both sitting here at the beginning of the week thinking, yeah, yeah, by the end of the year maybe, beginning of next year. They'll probably let him go. Shaq Khan and company will move on. But we didn't know that he kicked the kicker, Key. Once he kicked the kicker, it, it just it changed the whole narrative very quickly. We got Donald in Nashville real quick. Donald, what do you got? <laughs> oh, Donald, you there? I don't think Donald's there. Donald, maybe the Nashville chicken got a hold of him. Oh. <laughs> we got you, hey, D. What's going can on? Can you hear me? We got you, brother. What's up? Hey, how you doing, guys? Love your show, man. Respect, man. Um, Hey, uh, I kind of think everybody blowing up, you know, just piling on Urban Meyer. That's just my opinion. Don't get me wrong now. This guy don't did some crazy shenanigans. I mean, it's been stupid shenanigans, if you want to say it. You know, not flying back with the team, 
at the strip club. I mean, that's just some stupid stuff right here. <laughs> no, but, it wasn't. It wasn't even that kind of club. It was a regular bar, my man. It was, it was his, a regular it was bar. Actually oh, well, his restaurant. well, but the way that girl was doing, I thought it was a strip club. You know what I mean? Um, but you don't get better than that in, in the strip club. But anyway, um, I, I just think they kind of piling on because I, I think about we say kick, kick the kicker, and I think about this for a second. Key, you know, uh, my college coach one time. I went to the one hole one time on the blitz, and I came back and. and Somebody came out of nowhere and it smacked the crap out of my head, my helmet. I started seeing stars. Of course, you've been always in football, always hit you a little bit. It's been the late 80s, don't get me wrong. You can't do that now. But I feel like coaches always did something crazy the, like that. The problem um, is, though, Donald, so to, I, don't think it, I don't think it's just him putting his kick or whatever they want to call it. I think it's everything, his verbal um, – altercation with the kicker after the kicker said, Hey, what, why are you kicking me? Then he said, I'll do what I want to do. Basically he said some other stuff there. I think it's all of that plus everything else that has gone on in his coaching career at every single stop that he's ever been. And it's not people are piling on. It's, it's in disbelief that the Jacksonville Jaguars and owner Shaq Khan would still hire him given the fact that all of this information was already out there that Urban Meyer was going to fail at this job, and yet and still he still was given an opportunity to try and change that narrative, and he still didn't do it, which is why people are criticizing it. Yeah, Donald, I'll say this. You know, that was something that was potentially allowed, quote-unquote, allowed back in the day. But let it wasn't allowed back in my day. I was going to say, if he had kicked key or me, oh, you would have seen something different. There would have been some hands being thrown. Uh, guys, but I wonder what the kick was like. Was it a nudge or was it a real kick? Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Let's go to the Goodyear hotline and talk to a former Jaguar receiver, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, what's going on, man? How you doing, brother? Hey, Jay. Hey, Keith. What's Thanks up, Jay Smith? Man, look, you, wonder, you say you wonder how the kick was like? I wanted the same thing, but it don't matter. Anytime you let your feet leave the ground and go on another man, mm-hmm. Jay, I'm just like you. You got to get these hands because I wasn't raised like that. Well, Jimmy, let, let me ask you, man. Like, with that being said, like, I, I think that was one of the things that surprised me. Like, I wonder who really stepped up and challenged Urban Meyer. And I get that a lot of players you're afraid of the head coach because he has a lot of yeah. clout with Shaq Khan and things of that sort. But if mm-hmm. anybody ever put their hands on me or put their foot on me, that's going to be a way bigger story than just me coming out months later and be like, well, he did this. That would have been the story right then and there. Well, you think so, but then you got to think about the, the, the player that it was done to. Yeah. It wasn't a linebacker. It wasn't a running back. Or, it was a kicker. What's a kicker yeah. going to do on most teams? Huh? Yeah. yeah. He's going he to sit tight nothing. and just be a part of – he's going to sit tight and be a good guy and be part of a team. So with that being said, uh, Jay Smooth, now that Urban Meyer is out as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who should the Jags consider next? You know, they throw – I've been hearing Conwell name. You know, I've heard Byron left, which Byron was my quarterback. Byron is a go-getter. But is Byron left, which ready to be a head coach yet? Uh, I don't know. Now he's a he, he's got the the tools around him right now uh, to be very attractive as a coach, just like Eric Bieniemy. But when you when you 
when you mentioned Brian Leftwich, Eric B. then you mentioned Caldwell. Well, Caldwell seems to be a coach that's going to bring more stability to a team that's in turmoil right now, that's looking for a direction. You know, his record was fire, Keith, Jay. He had a good record, good stability. I, if I'm Shy Khan, I'm calling, I'm calling Caldwell today. And is he the right guy, Jimmy, for Trevor Lawrence? Like, And then I guess, do you believe the hype in Trevor Lawrence? Have you seen enough to believe that he is going to be a generational type of quarterback? He's just on a very bad team with, with no talent. Uh, I still like the way that ball comes out of his hands. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a, one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen. When I'm watching it on TV, that ball is so pretty, I, I want to reach out and catch it from the TV. <laughs> so he's a generation of talent with bad talent around him. It's going to take a couple of years before this this team can, can, can – uh, can be a, a a playoff caliber team. You got to build some talent. You got that four year window. Uh, you got some pieces. You got a couple of receivers. I think you need to bring DJ Chart back. He was a leader. You got Miles Garrett on defense. So another couple of good drafts from some free agents with a good solid coach that's stable and mature, and that's going to fly on the plane back with the team. We in good shape. Hmm. All world Keith, wide have receiver. you ever, Keith, have you ever heard in all your days of playing football, have you known or ever heard of a coach not flying with the team? Never. Unless it was an emergency. Never. That's the first of many. I, I've never I've never heard that. I only thing I told I told Jay and the guys wild when it first happened, I said, Yeah, as a player, we you know, depending on yeah. what what city we was in, we might say, Okay, we're gonna stay in the city and the team go back, we're gonna see you on Wednesday because we got Monday and Tuesday off, but I ain't never, ever, ever, ever heard of a ever. coach deciding <laughs> to stay back to go hang out and enjoy his free time. Jimmy Smith, all all worldwide receiver and former Jacksonville Jaguar Genesis one on Keyshawn J. Will and Max J. Smooth, which receivers out there in, the, in today's NFL, remind you of yourself. Because I was telling my guys here, Evan and Evan and Jay, just how good uh-huh. you were. Like, really, really good to a whole other level. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Uh, it's You know, I, I look for guys like that uh, that, are, that are up and coming. You know, I like a Marvin Jones. You know, he's like, what, six feet? Keith, you were 6'3", 6'2", so I don't fit that. Uh, Devontae Adams, Frank. I, would, I, I like Devontae Adams' game, but he, he's that tall, ranger receiver. I'm right there on the fringe of, of the big, big, tall receivers and, and, and the not-so-big receivers. I like Marvin Jones. I like De, uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, uh, Devontae Adams, the way he keeps his shoulders square, uh, doing his routes. At the beginning of his routes, he comes off. At the top of his routes, his shoulders are square. Uh I like the tenacity of Marvin Jones is playing for Jacksonville right now. He's just on a bad team. Those two, those two are serious guys. Jimmy, let me let me ask you about another wideout that people at the pro level haven't heard of yet. But we had your guy on Prime yesterday, Dion, and all the things that he's doing at your alma mater by getting Travis Hunter to go to Jackson State mm-hmm. over Florida State. What are your thoughts just about what he's doing, and then what are your thoughts on Travis Hunter? Man, it's just amazing to see how, you know, I, I met Travis Hunter two weeks ago and talking to him on the sideline when he was the first 
number one uh, uh, recruit to, vi- to visit the FCS. And to be on that sideline with Travis Hunter, and I know what he was, what was going through his mind, to hear uh, an HBCU band like Jackson State, the Sunday Boom, to be in a packed house like it was, man, it was 58,000. At, at, at an HBCU game. Now, keep in mind, Jackson State has always led the nation in attendance, but that that uh, arena that we was in on on that particular day, it was no doubt in my mind that that boy wanted to come to Jackson State. No doubt in my mind. And uh, I love what Dion man, Dion's making history every day. You know, forget Coach of the Year. He's changing the economic structure of the South. I mean, we're talking about Nobel Peace Prize type stuff right here, what Deion Sanders is doing. And they're burning his jersey at Florida State. So it goes to show you that he's doing the right thing. Wow, I didn't even know they was burning his jersey. What, what does – Kid, what they're does, burning his jersey. Kid, that's all he's done for Florida State. He asked for a job to turn him down. He go get their number one recruit. And it's on social media. They burning Deion Sanders' jersey. Wow. So he's doing t- the right thing. Thank you, yes. Florida State. What does this mean for HBCUs that you have Deion Sanders, Hugh Jackson, Eddie George, Tyrone Wheatley, Reggie Barlow, all former NFL players and coaches now coaching Mm -hmm. in the HBCU? What does this mean? It means it means a lot. It means that uh, on just so many levels, it's, it's a win because. You know, it's when, when I was coming out here, I came out a couple of years before you, you came out to USC. It, being in the South, growing up in Mississippi, I didn't have many options. You know, the only options I really had coming out because Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you know, they recruited all the big-name guys. I was like a two-, three-star. So I fell through the cracks. I had really had no choice but to go to Jackson State or Alcorn or Mississippi Valley. And it had been like that all the years before. That's why Walter Payton ended up Walter Payton ended up at Jackson State because there were no other schools to go to. I didn't have any options. So going to an HBCU it means a lot because they were there for me when the Power Five schools were nowhere to be found. It gave me the opportunity to get a degree in business management when the Power Five schools were nowhere to be found. It gave me an opportunity to get out there on the playing field and show that I was NFL talent, NFL really ready. I wouldn't have gotten that same opportunity had I gone to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But I got that opportunity at Jackson State. And there was a lot of guys that benefited from that. And it's good to see that happening in today's time. Way to break that down, Jimmy. And for the people out there, that's what it's all about. That's Former wide receiver for the Jaguars, Jimmy Smith, on the Goodyear Hotline. Jimmy, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. All right, Jay Smooth. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, baby. Thanks, Chief. All right, guys. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, are the Cowboys rising at the same pace as the NFC's elite teams and the return of the GOAT? Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Yeah, bring that beat in right there. I'll rock with that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers ESPN Radio has you covered for all the ball game action, guys. Tune in tomorrow for the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl key, followed by the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl, the Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Stifle, and wait for this one, the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Coverage begins at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN. How do we get a bowl game? I mean, if USC and Duke played in a bowl game, I mean, they'd both have to have winning uh, records, but they should call it the QJ and Max Bowl. Key? Yeah, see, if you're playing in the Key J and Max Bowl, you're not a very good football team. <laughs> you're, you're getting so much free swag, though. You're going to have to tell. We're going to have the best parties, Key. Yeah, we're going to have, we'll, the best we'll have people. all that. All but the ancillary stuff, we're destroying the game. Yeah, but that means that we're not a very good Yes. We won't have very good teams because our bowl will the, be like – The Jimmy Kimmel Bowl has s- Oregon State and Utah State. Yeah, I mean like – SoFi Stadium. It. We can do it, Keith. December – we'll be like a December 15th or something. Like, come on, man. <laughs> middle, <laughs> middle of the week. Middle of the week. Like a Tuesday evening. Uh, Keith, we mentioned for our tees going into the break, the return of the GOAT. Do you know who I was referencing when I said that? <laughs> um. Return of the goat. Hmm. Do, 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 no, I don't. Do, 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 do. Evan, what will you be doing this weekend? Will you be watching NFL? I will be watching the PNC Championships, the return of Tiger Woods. Let's go. Tiger Woods, key. It's the first tournament for Tiger since his car accident 10 months ago, playing with his son, Charlie. So the last time we saw Tiger play was in this event. They finished seventh. So on Sunday, while you guys are all watching NFL and Red Zone and uh, all the NFL games, I'll be sitting on my couch, hopefully watching Tiger and Charlie in the hunt trying to win this tournament. With what drink of choice, though, Evan? Uh, that's critical to watching that's, golf. That's what a great have? point. Uh, yes. I don't know. I'm off. I'm actually off on Monday. Uh, just, you know, like you guys. So no, no. Don't tell anybody. Oh, <laughs> don't, yes, yes. We're all here on Monday. Sorry. Evan, I'm please. off. I'm off. Um, <laughs> I... That's a great question. Probably wine. 
but okay. but Ooh. there there could be uh, there could be a Sazerac in in my hand. That's a great but question. What, ti- what time is the what time is the tournament? You know, I think they they tee off around one o'clock, like yeah, same, same time as around kickoff. That's too yeah. early for wine. You drink and go to sleep. Yeah, you I mean, need, I feel like you need to go with like a like yeah, a dark and storm. You, you need something hype. Gives you a little wine jolt. Bring you wine. Gonna make you want to chill and relax. Like a whiskey rye, what, something I'm like watching, that. I, I do want to chill and relax. I'm sitting on the couch watching television. But you'll fall asleep. I fall asleep anyway. Key, oh, okay. I did ask you. I mean, have you were if you ever had a chance to to see if your son, if Keyshawn Johnson Jr. decided to play football and you had a chance to play against him, like how? Have you ever? Th- did you ever think about that? Just like, as you were coming up in the game. If oh no, well, my son. I was already. I was already. When my son was in high school, I was already retired. Mm. So I didn't. You know, I wouldn't have had a, a chance. I would have liked to have seen my son play against my nephew, um, because my nephew's in the pros and he would have had an opportunity to to play. But he decided he didn't want to play football anymore. Um, but no, I never really. No, the closest thing I think I would. The closest thing I came to that was playing against former high school and junior high classmates and stuff like that in the pros. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting watching LeBron and him obviously blocking shots at the top of the rim at 37 years old, waiting for Bronny Jr., and then being able to think about, you know, another legendary player in Tiger Woods getting a chance to participate in a tournament, his first tournament back off that injury with his son Charlie. I mean, that's what you dream of, right? I mean, those are those are miraculous types of moments. Hey, man, y'all have a great weekend. Safe out there. Have a very, very, very merry Rini Christmas. is next. Happy, We're back on Monday. Year. I will Peace. see y'all guys later. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.